0: Welcome to episode eight of the process. Fancy cash. Trust
1: the process. Hey. hey. Give you all of me. What if I give you all of me? If I give you all of me, would I get all of you? to live my life i had to learn my lessons i had to keep that smile but deep inside i'm stressing I was trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression
0: it's time to tighten up i put my pride down and pick that bible up yo what's up everybody welcome to episode 8 of the process i'm amonte martin and i am Quavon taylor and today we have tia
1: coleman welcome tia
2: hey everybody
0: so can you tell the people about uh where you are from
2: I am from Jacksonville, Florida, AKA Duval County. Um, It's a big city, you know, we kind of took over FAMU, Jacksonville runs the hill, you know. (laughs) We produce some of the greatest, that's all I can really say.
0: For people who aren't familiar with Duval County, what side of Duval County did you grow up on?
2: Um, I grew up on the west side of Jacksonville, west side is the best side.
0: (laughs) What was it like growing up in Duval County?
2: Um, Growing up in Duval County, my experience wasn't bad at all um i i mean i've 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 always like known a lot of people not a lot of people have known me um a lot of people from jacksonville would say that jacksonville is a crab pot city but i think that i mean i think a lot of people say that no matter where you are from they'll say that you know it's a crab pot city and you know you have to get out of the city to to like you know really see what's out there for you versus always, you know, just being stuck in a Jacksonville mindset and getting out and realizing like it's more, it's more to life than just Jacksonville. Once you get out, you have a different view, but yeah, I guess, you know.
0: So what struggles did you face navigating your way out of Duval County?
2: Um, I didn't have any major struggles like, you know, growing up or anything, but a, a major setback for me to get out of Jacksonville was, I guess my behavior in high school, like ninth grade, 10th grade year, um, you know, I was a troublemaker. I was, you know, getting suspended, getting kicked out of school. And when it came to 11th grade, 12th grade, I made, you know, a major turnaround. But you know how your past can come back and haunt you. I literally, like applying to college, had old teachers and administrators that just would not write me recommendation letters to get into college. So it kind of made my transition difficult.
0: So what helped you facilitate that transition from you know, getting into a lot of trouble to stay getting more focused.
2: Um, I okay, so I had a mentor. Um, her name was Miss Marie, and she used to own a hair salon, and she offered me my first job when I was fifteen, and let me be like a shampoo assistant where I get like five dollars, um, per person, and then I would work off tips. And you know, I'm fifteen, and I'm making money. I got a job. Like I leave school and you know come home and go to work. Get, like go home get dressed and then got to be to work on somebody's clock at a certain time and this isn't like a corporation this is a black-owned business this person that taught me about entrepreneurship and before she hired me she literally sat me down and told me you can't work up onto me you know what i'm saying with a bad name like you can't work up onto me getting kicked out of school you can't work up onto me getting suspended because a lot of my clients are educators and teachers and principals and i don't want them to have heard your name in their classrooms or throughout their halls or their schools because you want to be you know the troublemaker of the city and then you coming to work for me and giving me a bad name in my business so that like was that that was a ma- that was a major turnaround point in my
0: life I, I think you hit on two key things uh one being an entrepreneur entrepreneur they say that In order to become an entrepreneur, you have to have seen someone be an entrepreneur. So that was good you got that experience early. And also, um, you learn the value of a good name uh early. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it took me (laughs) until after college to learn what a good name was. So, you know, how did you care for your brand, Tia Coleman, uh going into into college?
2: Um, so just growing up, my dad's hit my dad, his favorite quote was your name is all you have so protect it so outside of being like you know a troublemaker getting, you know getting into fights and little suspensions and stuff like that in school i was always very careful about who i hung around the dudes that I associated with myself like i didn't just date anybody i was never like you know being loose around school and stuff like that because i just really felt in college and a lot of stuff because i didn't want my name being mixed up in anything negative now granted i was a fighter but I wasn't getting my ass kicked. So, I mean, there really wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't really much negative to say, like, except for, you know, I was just mean and I was just, you know, angry growing up and I had to learn how to channel that. But um, I was just, I was always very um, careful about who I associated myself with and um, type of, you know, the people I allowed in my life, or the things, you know what I'm saying, that I, I guess, the activities I engaged in,
0: uh speaking of college where did you end up going to school and why did you choose that school
2: um i i went i ended up going to famu um i didn't choose famu my mom chose famu and i think that famu chose me um (laughs) actually famu was the only school that chose me and still i had my nose tooted up um at the thought of going to famu um funny story i literally never wanted to go to famu like um i wanted to go to fsu i wanted to run track get a track scholarship go to fsu um that didn't happen fsu probably looked at my application and laughed at it actually and um we went to orientation to family because it was one of the schools that accepted me and another school like a couple of schools out of town did accept me actually but my mom was not paying out-of-state fees Um, I went to, I applied to FSU, I applied, like, I applied to all the big schools, and then I, of course, I applied to FAMU, um, and I really didn't know any much, anything about, like, the HBCU heritage and stuff like that, I just knew FAMU was a college, um, that a couple of my oldest cousins and, um, family friends had attended, so I just, you know, tried my luck, and FAMU was the only school that actually accepted me, um, and so we took a trip to Tallahassee, you know, orientation, well, not orientation, but just a preview, um just to look at the campus and tour it so we got to the campus and i'm you know looking at i was on the phone and then something said get off the phone and start sightseeing so i'm just looking around um and we just passed by like these two tower buildings and if you like if you can visualize like good times like that show good (laughs) times I literally looked at, I think it was Patty Foot and Gibbs and started boohoo crying and caught my mom. And I was like, I'm not going to this school. It looked like the projects from Good Times, like I refused. <laughs> so I did not get out the car. I literally pouted, I would not move. And my mom was like, this is the only school that accepted you, so you going. So she signed, like she asked the people to, um, Point her to the housing office and we went to the housing office and she signed and paid the housing deposit like right then and there like she didn't leave no t uncrossed or i dotted
0: <laughs> How, what inspired you once your mom did that so fam you did choose you well <laughs> what what pushed you over the edge You're like okay i'm gonna give fam you a try
2: okay so when i uh i have a friend and he went to fam his name is Vernon. So i called him and i was because i know he had with the family and he's one of the people that kind of gave me the rundown about family before i even went on a tour there so he literally was like you no know, i caught him crying i was like i don't want to go to family i'm better than this i'm too good for family i'm supposed to be at fsu right now um anybody gonna take me seriously and i go to family they say it's a party school and he literally was like he i like i wouldn't say he cuts me i but he was just like first of all who do you think you are them other schools didn't even look at you they probably laughed at your application when you applied they turned you down with no hesitation and fam you you know trying to give you a chance and you saying you better than you, but you don't even have no other options so hmm. i literally like had to like either slice a humble pie and just say you know what let me get us a track because he absolutely right like i'm i can't change not being accepted into the other schools i applied to fam you you know it was all the only school that gave me a chance i knew i wasn't finna stay home and not go to college so i kind of just set it up and went back home and packed my stuff
1: i know you went to fam we've been talking about that right now uh, while at FAMU, what are some experiences you had to face some difficult experiences
2: um difficult experience okay one i would have to say um probably like you know the usual financial aid struggles waiting on um <laughs> them to take holes off your accounts and getting a run around you going from financial aid and student accounts to the registrar's office making sure you're enrolled in the necessary classes um my first year wasn't my first year or my last year i think it was my first year of being at fmu i realized that i had taken a couple wrong classes and it would probably set me back for graduation but by the grace of god it didn't we got it fixed they just applied those credits to the classes that i should have had should have taken I would say I was probably too overly involved my freshman year in college. Like, there is a such thing as being overly active. Um, I feel like I was involved in almost every student organization on campus that I could have been in being a freshman. Like, I was a part of, like, homecoming committee. I was, like, freshman class vice president. I was a peer mentor. Like, I was, like, everything on campus. And I think that my grades suffered because I was, like, I don't know. I was trying to find myself. Like I was trying to find myself. I was trying to get in where I fit in. Like I, I, I like I would have rather network and built relationships with people versus actually doing actual classwork and bookwork.
1: <laughs> coming from an HBCU, coming from FAMU, uh, me. I went to Tuskegee University. I mean, we know the uh, struggles of HBCU with the financial aid problems, the birth star, registrar, all these things. Well, what are some advantages of being a FAMU student or any HBCU student?
2: Um, well, one thing that I love, now that I'm a graduate of FAMU, like, one, I, I don't – i I'm so glad that I gave FAMU a chance because FAMU literally made me the woman I am today. Like, I literally can, you know, go back to, like, these same administrators or teachers that would not give me a chance. Like, I remember in high school, I wanted to run for – um like my class president, my senior year, and my administrator would not sign the paper to let me run. And I, had, I hadn't I had gotten any referrals or had been tardy to class for like months, but she just would not overlook my behavior like them previous months or years or whatever. So my best friend ended up running for um, class president and I just had to support him from the sidelines, and you know, campaign for him for our senior class. And then I went to FAMU and I ran for freshman class vice president and I won and it was like um it just gave me a, it gave me a chance to like have a fresh start and the show like i'm capable of doing this and not letting my past define me so that was like one big moment for me and then maybe another one um i love seeing alumni in t-shirts or i love seeing like famu um car plates car tag plates um around the city or, like, when you're out of town and you run into, like, other rattlers and just how, like, welcoming they are and how they don't mind, like, helping you and assisting you with stuff when they realize, like, y'all have a HBCU in common. Like, it's like I I don't know, it's like a, a distant cousin. Like, everybody that go to fam you just, like, related and they know, like, look out for this girl to look out for this guy because they went to the same school as me.
0: It's called family.
2: Right. For a reason. <laughs>
0: for a reason. So, in not letting your past define you, what advice would you give the younger kid?
2: um i wouldn't change anything differently about my past because it made me who i am today and it gave me a story to tell however some advice that i would give my younger self was probably just slow down um i think i rushed growing up and i could have did things like a lot differently like i realized like a lot of stuff that i was like get like a lot of the trouble that I got into when I was younger was just off impulse and it was just unnecessary like I wasn't thinking before I acted and I didn't realize like when they say like your past comes to haunt you like I didn't start realizing that till now like when it comes to you know these jobs and stuff or just relationships with people like a lot people don't forget you know a lot of stuff that you did when you were younger and you think like oh this was five and six years ago but they remember or it's still in black and white so I would just say slow down and just think before you act. That's some advice that I would give my younger self. It would have saved a lot of unnecessary stress and trouble.
1: I want to know this off right here. Uh, Did you encounter any detours in your college career that you could have overcame?
2: Um, Yeah. So in college, my senior year, I had two semesters left. And over spring break, I was going to Daytona to a Boosty concert on May 15th and to celebrate my 21st birthday. And, you know, we had done paid for VIPs. We done paid for bottles. We just, you know, on the way to the club. So, uh, we was, um, I'm not sure. Like, y'all might not be familiar with, like, getting to Daytona. But we was in, like, uh, when was we at? Something, Ormond Beach or something like that. And I actually got into a car accident. The car flipped four times and um on the on the expressway and i end up going to the hospital went to the hospital the doctor you know told me all right it's time to do x-rays because i had glass like all in my face um glass in my knee and um metal inside of my knee like i like i was all messed up the passenger the other person in the car wasn't messed up but i was so i you know got rushed to the um emergency room Doctor was like all right time to do some x-rays um but he was like first let me give you um a pregnancy test because if you're pregnant you can't x ex- you can't do x-rays because it'll um hurt the baby so i was like all right i'm not pregnant but let's do it so did it took the pregnancy test i'm thinking everything i good because the doctor came in the room he was like oh okay time for x-rays but you gotta wear you know this cover up this 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 shield this cover somebody like, so what i'm wearing this for i don't know what made me ask that but i asked and he was like oh because it'll hurt the baby the x-rays will hurt the baby so I'm like, you just said if I, you know what I'm saying, was pregnant, I couldn't do x-rays. So you playing. So the doctor laughing, I'm laughing because I'm thinking he joking. He was like, no, you are pregnant for real. So he showed me like my positive pregnancy test results. And I'm like, nah, man, I can't be pregnant. You don't know who my mom is. So i like, I need a minute because I'm crying. <laughs> I'm just sitting there crying. So I found out I was pregnant over um, over spring. No, it wasn't even spring break. I'm lying. It was after um, school was out, because it was May 15th. So it was after school was out. So literally, like, I had the whole summer to register the idea of being a new mom and raising a newborn. And that was really, like, the only, like, obstacle I had. And it was, like, my last two semesters of college. And I'm just like, wow. I waited till now. I'm almost done, and not this happened.
1: What are some challenges associated with being a single parent while trying to finish school? Um,
2: The only challenges I face, well, first off, let me say this just in case I have listeners who may have um, been pregnant, you know what I'm saying, throughout co- in college or just, you know, facing, you know, that now and trying to figure out what they want to do. When I told my mom that I was pregnant maybe two, three weeks after the accident, cause I had to, you know, I had to believe it myself. So it took a minute for me to like come out and tell her. But the first thing my mama told me was, no matter what, whether you with a man or not, when you get pregnant, that baby is your responsibility unless you're a child. So being a single, parent while pregnant in college didn't really affect me mentally because it was like this is my child and I came this far I'm gonna give my baby something to be proud of um I had a big support system when my mom found out I was pregnant she literally was just like we just got a baby on the way that's it um when I was at fam pregnant literally like I was catered to on campus I had already had a strong relationship with administrators my professors Um, my colleagues, like, we were all good. The only thing I can honestly say that I had to give up while pregnant was a big internship that I had worked so hard for, um, the previous semester that I couldn't, I couldn't, you know what I'm saying, feel, fulfilled that because, you know, I was pregnant and I didn't feel comfortable working in this lady's office pregnant. She didn't tell me I couldn't. I just said I would sit this one out. It's not, you know, the right time. And I didn't think it would be a good representation of her, um, of her office being a pregnant student. But literally, like, I still... Fulfilled my SGA role. I was a junior senator at the time. Um, I still was, like, on the homecoming committee. I still participated in homecoming, you know, minus the clubs and stuff. Like, I still was, type like, the step shows and concerts and stuff like that that the um, campus held. Like, I did everything like a normal student. And um, everybody made it. Everybody accommodated me, I would say. Like, I didn't have any real issues. I didn't deal with, like, the stares, the nose tooted up, the, the disrespectful questions or, you know, just... How you gonna finish school, pregnant, or you finna have a baby? What you gonna do now and stuff like that? Like I didn't go through that. Like I had the best pregnancy at FAMU.
0: So you mentioned, you know, you got in a car accident. You was going to the Bootsy concert. That's my favorite rapper. Not I probably would have been. <laughs> I probably would have been there too. Uh, you had a VIP, you had the bottles, and you didn't know you were pregnant. So that could have turned out even worse on the back end. But to me, it seems like God stepped in and, you know, and stop, put a halt to things before you got to those bottles, because everybody knows what happens on your 21st birthday. So, could you speak on that? You know, how was that feeling, you know, looking back in retrospect of what happened?
2: Um. So, it was, like, a crazy feeling for me, because literally, when I tell you I, I went through four years of college sober, like, I'm not a drinker, I'm not a smoker, I don't really, I have a natural heart, and I tell people that all the time, oh, they like, how did you go through college for it? Like, how did you go through four years of college sober? Like, they just can't imagine it and i tell them i literally have a natural heart like i don't need you know i'm saying weed or drinks to like get me where i want to be like i can turn up without it and i you know my 21st birthday like you know bottles lined up vip you know we in daytona i'm finna i'm I'm finna you know i'm saying make sure they remember me when i leave like i'm ready to turn up (laughs) and the accident happened and it was just like I guess it was God saying you know you don't been this long without all that and you gonna go even longer without it <laughs> like I'm gonna stop you riding your tracks because not only did I get into the accident I find I was pregnant so you know that's you know 10 months no drinks no you know no nothing so mm-hmm. you know then after I hit my baby I definitely wasn't going you know what I'm saying do all that so it's kind of just like I guess God just want me to be a sober person across the board and I'm glad <laughs> I'm honestly glad like I never really engaged in any of that because type of jobs that I apply for now like I have aspirations you know you know just to work in the government and when I go on these interviews or going through these hiring processes, and application process they ask me you know how often do you drink when was the last time you've been drunk um have you ever you know use any illegal drugs they go down a list of different drugs i could have got into when i was in college and i literally can't honestly say like no 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 like across the board like i was never engaged in any of these activities i never took these kind of drugs i never you know what i'm saying like if they asked me one last time i got drunk and i'd have to do a polygraph grab test with the government you know to get secret security like high security clearance i mm-hmm. can say oh last time i was probably drunk you know was never and I can honestly say it, and even they look at me like, wow, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's it's for a reason. Like, it's a reason I'm like that.
1: <laughs> so what's
2: next for Tia Coleman? Um, What's next for me? So I have a podcast called Tia versus Fancy Cash. Um, It's just something that, like, I just use my personal platform to be like um a confidant or like a sister or a friend to you know girls who you know don't have a sense of direction who probably have been where I was when I was younger and they kind of know where they want to be and who they want to be they just don't have like the guidance or um they're not surrounded around the right people or you know the type of mentors or people in their life to lead them in the right direction and that was kind of like that was my story like I've always had a strong support system but I was just, you know, trying to find my own way and I was being hard-headed and then people came into my life and kind of poured into me and let me know, like, this is the way that you want to go. If you want to be this person, you got to change who you are. So, I have a podcast, like, I talk about, I don't know, just real life situations, what we all go through, like, addressing, like, different elephants in the room Um, and, like, I like to, you know, teach people a lot about self-confidence and then I have a t-shirt line that I'm coming out with that's cohesive with my um podcast and um just with like you know cute little quotes and stuff that I live by and that um reflect me and my alter ego which is fancy cash and um I have you know a lot a lot you know going with that like it's, it's going to be a lot put into my t-shirt collection that'll be launching soon um and that's just that's really just it for me like well every day is something new but as of right now that's my main and my biggest goal right now is you know the expand my podcast and drop the t-shirt collection
0: so what are some good programs and initiatives that you think are needed for individuals who may be single parents in college or who may you know just need guidance in their life
2: um something that i think that not not only just their family but just any college um i think that they should probably start like you know, just a young mom support group or just a resource for young moms. Like, I know, like, most campuses have childcare, but, you know, what about um, just, like, different, you know, initiatives like community baby showers and stuff or um, just, I don't know, like, things to help out young moms. Like, you know, when it comes to scheduling classes and stuff, like, give us an option, you know, to take online classes that semester, like, make the transition from, delivering your child sitting at you know six weeks or however long and coming back like an easy transition like don't make it seem like uh like in the syllabus I know I had one professor that told me like I don't care if you miss class because you was you know at a meeting with President Obama if you missed this class and missed this test I'm not let. I'm not doing retakes so I think it should just be like childbirth is natural like we're in college not high school so it's not like they're babying us or enabling us like college is different like we all grown like we have kids like they know you know what college like I don't know they know what we're doing so I mean if we get pregnant like make it make it easier like it is on a job like you know the transition should just be easy like a like from sitting out on maternity leave and to coming back like I don't know that's something I think like the school should work on as far as um students that sit out to give birth um something else I think Um, I think colleges like they do a lot of stuff in the community I don't take that away from FAMU but I think that instead of trying to be mentors to students when they get to the hill they should be mentoring at high schools throughout the year and you know just doing a little bit more like showing students teaching students what they what their experiences were in college so we'll like so high school students will know what to look forward to when they get into um college or whatever
1: yeah so you mentioned so you mentioned uh fancy cash (laughs) who is fancy cash
2: um fancy cash is my alter ego um like that's just i don't know that's just somebody like that's the other Tia. like when i'm all dressed up and cute and fancy and i'm going somewhere and i'm feeling myself like that's just who i am um I don't know. She's my alter ego. She's not a. She's not a bad person. She's just like my funny, like hair tied, you know, hair hair down, chilling me, like the more alive me. So Tia, fancy cash.
1: <laughs> any last words you want to leave with the people?
2: Yeah, let me go ahead and drop one of my gems. Um, to anybody listening, any young child, young girl, young man, anybody you know who just looking for a way out. Um, one thing that I would tell you is never take no for an answer. I literally have learned like the same people that told me no when I was growing up or just trying to reach certain goals were only scared, you know what I'm saying, because, or they only told me no because they know that they couldn't do it. It was something that they, you know, just didn't believe in themselves to reach their um with me like telling me no it's like motivation to me like if you tell me no I can't do something I'm gonna prove you why I can't do it I'm gonna show you that I did it and come back to you like this is what I did and I do you want to you know do you want to see the steps to get where I you know where I am now like I just don't believe in taking no for an answer the sky is not the limit um I don't know. Just be a go-getter. Like, like, let no be your motivation. Let rejection be your motivation. Like, don't get discouraged and don't give up your goals because somebody else told you no because it was probably just their own fears that made them tell you that. That's it.
1: So where can people find Tia or Fancy Cash?
2: Um, they can find me on Instagram at Fancy Cash. They can find me on Twitter at Teal versus Fancy Cash. Well hopefully, we, hopefully we, they can find me in somebody law school library soon. So yeah, that's that's one thing I'm like really working on now getting in law school studying
0: for that. Awesome. You'll get in. Just gotta keep grinding.
2: Definitely.
0: Uh, and no and not taking no for an answer. Correct. <laughs> we thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for your time and sharing and being transparent with us. This concludes episode eight of the process. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and also to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you.
1: See people for who and what they are, though. Like when you don't have much, like, you know, or you just trying to figure it out. you in a space of figuring it out. And quote-unquote, people immediately think because this guy is successful or this person is doing something so well that they have it all together. I just believed in the idea and the fact that I'ma not only pull through this, but I'ma pull through I'ma pull through it stronger. And we gonna be stronger than we've ever been. And for me, the best is yet to come. You know what I mean? Whether I wear a watch or pull up in a nice car, I am who I am wholehearted.